Welcome to She Persisted. I'm your host, Sadie Sutton. Every Friday, I post interviews about mental health, dialectical behavioral therapy, and teenage life. These episodes break down my mental health journey, teach skills to help you cope with life, and showcase testimonials from individuals, including teens just like you. Whether you've struggled yourself or just want to improve your mental fitness, this podcast is your inspiration to live a life you love and keep persisting. Today's DBT skill is the DBT Mindfulness Skills. So there is a great acronym for this, which is NEOPOD, N-E-O-P-O-D. So NEO is how you are doing these skills, which is non-judgmentally, effectively, and one mindfully. And POD is what you are doing. So you are participating, observing, and describing. So through the context of social media, which is what this episode is all about, if you are practicing mindfulness, you are fully participating in the moment as you're scrolling, you are observing what thoughts, feelings, emotions come up for you, and you're describing that in a non-judgmental manner, and you're being effective. So if a negative emotion comes up, maybe you choose to be effective by taking a break from being on Instagram and doing something that instead boosts your mood. So you are participating, observing, and describing without judgment, doing one thing at a time and being effective. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Super Assisted. Today, we have Bailey Stanworth on the podcast, and we are tackling one of my most frequently asked questions, which is how do you manage your, a healthy relationship with social media and mental health? Bailey is the founder of a creative agency called Play Digital. They manage a ton of different social media accounts. She's also the host of a podcast called What Day Is It? And she is what she calls an accidental influencer. So she went into content creation, really just loving what she was doing and gained a following without meaning to. And so I love her content. It is so authentic and aesthetically pleasing. She has some of my favorite stories and reels to watch on Instagram. I definitely recommend you follow her, but she is so transparent and open with her struggles with body image and confidence and therapy and mental health. And so when I thought about who would be a great guest to cover this topic with, she immediately came to mind. So Bailey and I dive into this in so much depth that we talk about great people you can follow to boost your mental health, how to balance content creation slash consuming content and mental health tips and tricks Bailey has accumulated along her journey, her struggle with body image and an eating disorder, and so much more. So if you enjoy this week's episode, as always, make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and now Spotify. They let you do that. Share with a friend or family member. And if you share on Instagram, I will make sure to give you a little shout out, repost on my stories. So without further ado, let's dive into it. I am so excited to have you on She Persisted. I can't wait to dive in. Yeah, just thank you for joining me. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I've been following you for like, we met through Alexis mm-hmm. kind of like originally. Yeah. You're so talented, like so, so yeah. talented, Sadie. Thank so you. thank you for having me. You too. I I remember once I started like being aware of the social media management world and what you were doing and just loving your work and going in and following like all of the accounts that Play was managing and all <laughs> all of that kind of stuff. So it's it's really cool to connect and have you on the podcast. Thanks. So I want to do a bit of a mental health deep dive and kind of talk about your story and Mm -hmm. then talk about all the ways that you are maintaining, prioritizing, improving your mental health now. So take me through your mental health journey. I know that's a huge question, but, but starting at the beginning, when did you start to notice that your mental health was different or you wanted something to shift or things just didn't feel in alignment? Yeah, I mean, I'm 31 now and I definitely didn't really start even realizing mental health needed to be a priority in my life until like my mid to late 20s. I grew up in, I think my generation of being a millennial, like 
we really didn't talk about mental health the way that it's talked about today so looking back I'm like oh my god there was so much I was going through that like I didn't even hold space for like realize was important because we're always talking about physical health and I mean that's a whole other thing to unpack from that age but (laughs) my mental health journey really didn't start until I kind of started play which was I was 28 and I think I had started to realize that like I was in a very high stress environment and I wasn't living a sustainable lifestyle and I was just constantly like working myself to the bone and for someone else at that time. And I love my job. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not like talking crap on that business, but I just, it was something where I was continuously feeling burnt out. Like I always had a perfectionist mindset and like a black and white kind of perspective on the world. And so that really played a toll on my mental health. And when I decided to leave my full-time job and kind of take a risk on myself and start a business, it was really scary as I'm sure anyone can imagine. And I was kind of forced into figuring out my mental health at that time because it got really bad before it got to a point where I was like, I I can't do this. Like I kind of knew something was going on when I was working at my other company, but or not my other company for my other job. And then when I started my company, I was like, this, this isn't normal. Like, there's no way this is normal. Like I shouldn't be not able to sleep at night and like have my mind wandering. I shouldn't be constantly feeling like I'm running on empty. Like there were just so many signs and I was trying to figure out what were symptoms of like, if it was something physical within my body or, and then I started talking to a naturopath and she's like, you've got to take care of your stress. Like stress was, I think the first indicator of mental health and realizing that like, wow, like, okay, I need to take a look at my mind and not just my body. Yeah. And it's so interesting because we live in a world where stress is so normalized. It's almost kind of romanticized, especially I think in like the, the college life kind of hustle and, and, and working. It's like, oh, I'm so stressed. I couldn't sleep. I have all these deadlines. And it's like, it's, it's our bodies aren't meant to sustain that over long periods of time. It's just not possible. You've been super vulnerable and transparent talking about your body image issues and, and your journey there um, and struggling with an eating disorder. I, I want to dive into to that journey and what that looked like for you and when you made the decision to to shift the relationship with yourself. And then we'll kind of dive into like what worked, what didn't, what you wish you would have done differently. But to start what what was that experience I mean I think it kind of goes back to like again growing up in such a society that didn't really put health first it put like media glamorization of like these skinny body types and so I was always I grew up in dance culture so I was always very surrounded by a body focused perspective and back then there was really like only one body type that beauty standards kind of said was like worthy and that was like the skinny lean like model and so I just remember always seeing that and like when I was in high school is kind of first when I was introduced to diets and then I I'm five nine and I was always the tallest girl in my class so like naturally I always just felt a little bit bigger than everybody else and so it really stuck with me I was always like kind of hidden in the dance class because I was in the back because I was taller I was just kind of commented on like I was taller than the guys in like seventh grade and so my body my relationship with my body image was really difficult and it wasn't something anybody talked about. Like you didn't thank God we didn't have social media because I would have been destroyed, but we still had magazines. We still had 
TV and media and like our a lot of my friends moms and like my mom at that age were like taking diet pills and just seeing all of these different things so I think that was really the bubble that I was in around body image and that did end up leading to me developing an eating disorder for I mean it was like over I would say like a lot of years but it was in the thick of it from probably like the ages of 17 to 22 for about five years there and Mm -hmm. then I just kind of was like again I'm I get to these points with myself and like I'm grateful I have this self-awareness where I like check in and I'm like this isn't sustainable I can't live my life like this I don't want to live my life like this and I just kind of was like this isn't it so I stopped doing what I was doing to harm my body but then you come and you open up this whole other can of worms of like trying to heal from something that's been so ingrained to you from such a young age and still is like in society such a prevalent thing that I think we I mean if anybody hasn't I feel so happy for them but I think everybody struggled with their body at some point in time so I just really had to do a lot of work and I still have bad days to this day I will never say to someone that you're never going to have a bad day like that to me has never been the goal and that was at the time like I thought the goal was to never have a bad day again to never look in the mirror and not like a part of your body but I've had to realize like it's not that it's about supporting yourself and loving yourself through those days to the point where like you just hold space for that because you're never going to be free of the downs like life is always going to ebb and flow whether it's body image whether it's work life balance like it's just always going to be there so for me it was like developing tools and just being able to like support myself yeah no I completely agree the challenges are always there it's just being able to cope with them in a way that doesn't derail you or push you backwards on your journey which I think when we get to those low points it's when you're just constantly on a downward and those coping skills are what's derailing everything and making things worse. Today's episode is brought to you by teen counseling. As Bailey and I talk about in this episode therapy was a huge part of both of our mental health journeys and it can be such an amazing resource to have in your toolkit. So Teen Counseling is an online therapy program with over 14,000 licensed therapists in their network that offers support on things like depression, anxiety, relationships, trauma, and so much more. If you've ever heard of BetterHelp, Teen Counseling is their teen version of BetterHelp, and it's specifically directed at the teen demographic and teen challenges. So they offer text, talk, and video counseling. So whether you're looking for a lot of support and want a full hour-long video therapy session, or you just want someone to text back and forth, get a little bit of professional insight, professional advice, they can meet you where you're at. What you're going to do is you're going to head to teencounseling.com slash she persisted. You're going to fill out a quick survey about what you're hoping to work on in therapy. So maybe that's stress associated with school. Maybe that's you're feeling depressed. Maybe it is navigating a conflict with your parents. Whatever it is, you put it in the survey and they match you with a therapist that meets your needs. Then you put in your parents' email and they send an email to your parents. It's super vague. It's None of your information is disclosed and it's a Sadie or whatever your name is is hoping to work with a counselor from teen counseling. Please click here to learn more and give consent for treatment. This is because you're under 18, so your parent has to give permission for medical treatment. And like I said, all of your privacy is completely protected. I sent it to myself. I know exactly what the email says. So after that, you can start meeting with your therapist. And again, talk, text, video counseling are all available. There are 14,000 licensed therapists that you could be matched with, and they help with so many issues like depression, anxiety, relationships, trauma, conflict, stress, 
you name it, they can support you. So again, that is teencounseling.com slash she persisted to find a therapist today. Do you think that we are still in the bubble you described growing up? Do you, because of social media, because of how much like body image and superficial culture is still a thing? Do you think it's different? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, it's a big I, one. I do and I don't. Like, I feel like we're in this different bubble, that, like a bigger bubble because we've got social media and there's still these body types like you see in media and you see like the facetune photos and the instagram models and there's nothing wrong with them like if that's their body type and that's what like works for them then cool but i think it's amazing that we do have a more diverse representation of body types now and I think the thing that we all need to remember is we have the power to curate what we want to see when it comes to our social media anyways, maybe not like TV shows or what you're consuming in media, but I really had to, at one point, look at my Instagram and be like, I'm looking at beautiful, thin models whose bodies I will never have. I could go back to all the horrible, horrible things I was doing to my body and never, ever look like them. So why when I'm scrolling and looking at this and I start feeling like shit, sorry if I can't swear. Um, You're good, you can. <laughs> I start looking like shit, like why, why am I continuing to put myself in that mental space? Like that's not a part of the work and the growth that I've done. So I had to, if they were friends, like that's not their fault. I had to mute some people for a little while until I was ready to see that again. Some people I unfollowed. I went and found people who had more my body type. I went and found people who had different body types because I also want to learn from different perspectives. And I have friends of all different sizes and all different ethnicities and everything. And I just want to, I don't want to be inside that bubble. You know what I mean? I want, I want to live in a bigger bubble. So I think for me, that was really important was to curate what I was looking at. Yeah, no, I I feel the same way. And I love to give this example. Obviously, I'm on the podcast Instagram all the time. But when I'm on my personal Instagram, I really like to curate it to be something that I just like enjoy. And that brings me like entertainment. And so literally my entire explore page is only nail videos. Because that's what makes me happy. So it's like, I, like and I'm like a an 18 year old teenage girl who is interacting with like my friends and my family and yet the algorithm can still be a place that can can boost your mood and cannot just be detrimental. If you had to name like three people that you see on your feed and they instantly boost your mood, they're like someone that you're happy to follow. Who would they be? Ooh, okay. I mean, Alicia McCarthy. Yeah, I was gonna say people or just accounts in general. <laughs> I just love the way that like for me a long time movement with my body was really toxic I hated working out and I've had to like for me a lot of the time not working out is the healthier choice because I just working out puts me into a bad mindset again but I've loved watching Alicia and her journey with how she moves her body and how happy it makes her like that just makes me happy literally any animal account ever like yes that just I I can't and I love accounts like Upworthy or Tank Good News. I literally will watch like videos of people like hugging at the airports or just like those little things and mm-hmm. just start sobbing to myself on my couch. I'm like, but it makes <laughs> me feel good. But it, I just yes. like, I'm crying, but I feel good. For people, like I just I love people who are being honest versus curated. 
I think people like the birds for pile, obviously she's incredible at that. Um, drawing a blank, but like, I just, I love the realness versus, and I struggle with this too. So like, I get it if anybody out there like loves the aesthetic of Instagram, but I just, when I'm scrolling, that's what I connect with is like the videos or the stories, you know? Yeah. And there can also be a place for both of those. Like maybe on Instagram, you love to consume content that like is completely like boosting your mood, but then you go to Pinterest because you want the whole, you want the aesthetic, you want the inspiration, you want like the creativity. So there's, there's space for both of those. You obviously have a significantly larger follow following than me. You share a lot of your mental health journey with, with lots of people, which is a lot of vulnerability. I think even though I've been doing the podcast for a while now, I was talking to my dad about this at dinner the other day and I was like, yeah, people listen, but that's a number. There's not really people listening. Like I'm still enough in that bubble where it's like I can share and it's it feels really safe. I mean, of course, people are like, oh, we love that episode, but somehow I still have that block up where I'm like, yeah, they're listening, but it doesn't feel real. So I kind of wanted to get your your perspective on on sharing something as vulnerable as mental health with, with an audience and what that's like. Is it easier than sharing things in person? Is it more challenging? What is it like when you get like negative feedback or, or criticism? Yeah, I mean, I remember the first ever like really vulnerable post I ever shared. And there's an account called Raw Beauty Talks, which is also a great follow. They're local here from Vancouver, but she started this movement called Realstagram and it was like unfiltered photos. This was like back when like Facetune and before people like really kind of were unmasking that. And mm-hmm. she tagged a bunch of people and like asked them to post a photo without a filter and just like be really raw and in the moment. And the thought of that made my skin crawl. I got hot, I got <laughs> sweaty. I was like, there's no way I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. And I took a photo, not thinking I was going to do anything of it. And I wrote this caption just about my journey with my body. And this was the first time I'd ever said on a public setting that I had even ever had an eating disorder. I don't even think that I'd really addressed it with like my family or my friends. Like I just, it wasn't the whole story that I posted, but it was just in there. And like that felt so vulnerable and I was so terrified, but I just was like, you know what? There's something in me. I got the courage and I posted it. And I just got flooded because at that time, that was like not my thing. I didn't have like any kind of more real stuff. It was very surface level. It was like captions were like Friday night outfit. And like, you know what I mean? Like it was just, it wasn't, I wasn't there yet. And so it was just very different content for me. And my DMs were flooded with like, oh my God, thank you for sharing this. Like, this is so good to hear that. Like, I'm not alone. Like I've struggled with this kind of stuff as well. People were like, you look so beautiful without makeup. And I was just like, whoa, like what? Like I didn't post it for the validation. It was definitely just like an exercise for me to step out of my comfort zone. But it definitely, when you are being vulnerable, it does feel good to kind of have that received so warmingly and like openly, especially on a public platform where you don't know every single person who's following you. So that was like the first step. And I think had that been really a negative experience, that would have changed the whole game for me because I wouldn't have felt safe continuously showing up. And it didn't happen like super quick after that, but I just slowly started taking baby steps and sharing things, or honestly, even just like taking the content myself and then like writing it. And even if I didn't Mm -hmm. share it, that was still like an exercise for me. So it's almost like journaling is how I think of it. Like when I'm typing those things out, it it really is like an exercise and like getting your thoughts out more so than like sharing it to see what people have to say. Yeah. And I've with it had to really just 
kind of reconnect myself every time that I like go to share something vulnerable because there is always that risk of someone's not going to connect with it someone's not going to have had the same experience as you and that's that's life like that's how it's going to go so I just make sure like my why of why I'm sharing something is for me and never for like ego or validation or something that if someone does not relate to it or accept it it's not going to shatter me in a a way it's kind of like self-protection but also I just do know that like it is a part of my self-growth in my journey but also I have just made such incredible connections with people by opening up and by sharing more and I love that I can have like a connection with my audience online and it feels like more than just this superficial exchange of like likes on a photo because Mm -hmm. that just doesn't resonate with me at the end of the day like I don't want to look back and be like why did I post all these photos online but like knowing that I posted them because I was telling a story or trying to help someone like find the strength to show up that day or just acknowledge that like there's so many things that happen behind the scenes or like if you have a messy house it's okay you don't have to have like the clean house that you see everybody posting so it's it definitely has been a journey and I love that you asked is it easier to be vulnerable online or in person and for me it is so much easier to be vulnerable online which is so weird I agree because Mm -hmm. I feel like you don't have to like see their face right away and you also kind of like have this distance from it like there's a couple of people in my life who I feel very very comfortable with but it's also the same thing versus like a text and a phone call I kind of feel like or like an in-person meeting versus a phone call you just have that different barrier where like you feel a little safer and Mm -hmm. so yeah I I hope that answered your question (laughs) it definitely does I feel like I also think about how it's like a curated audience that resonates with what you're saying Mm -hmm. a lot of the time in person when you're trying to connect with new people or you're dipping your toe in that vulnerability you don't know how they're going to respond but if people are following like for me a mental health podcast they're at least open to the idea of discussing mental health or they want to invest in themselves in some way and so there's already like that like-mindedness that I really think helps with with feeling not really like accepted but it feels safer to kind of put those things out there totally I I mean I like sometimes when I post really vulnerable things I'll see like a dip in followers like that drop off and like at first Mm -hmm. I took that so personally I was like oh my god but now I'm just like that doesn't connect with them I don't want that person here because at some point they could become not that they're toxic but it could become a toxic relationship because maybe they're not as into mental health as I am and so we're not aligned so it is I agree with you like you want the people who resonate and are like in in the same mindset as you yeah Today's episode is brought to you by Sakara. Sakara is a nutrition company focusing on overall wellness, starting with what you eat. Sakara offers both meal delivery programs and wellness essentials that you can order. Their meal delivery programs are plant-based, non-GMO, organic, gluten-free, dairy-free, etc. And these specific ingredients are chosen to improve digestion, improve skin clarity, improve focus, reduce bloating, boost energy, all of the amazing things that you want from the nutrition that you're putting in your body. 
And so they offer either breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks, or you can just get like, say, breakfast or lunch if you struggle to get a healthy breakfast in, or you're like, I really cannot get a great salad in the middle of my day. It just am so busy. You could order just lunch delivery, and they're delivered at the beginning of the week. You have a fresh, amazing, delicious, nutrient-dense meal to take with you. Everything can be refrigerated. Nothing requires extensive prep. Um, it's just so convenient and healthy. Their wellness essentials can be found on their website, which the link will, of course, be in today's show notes. My favorite wellness essentials that you have to try are their chlorophyll drops. You've probably seen them all over TikTok. I love the Saqqara ones because they have the benefits of chlorophyll, but it doesn't add like a disgusting like greens powder taste to your water. You cannot taste a difference and it adds all the benefits like clear skin, energy, um, detoxing, you name it. And my other favorite of theirs is their sleep tea. It has chamomile and lavender in it, really just sets the tone for your night routine, and it's one of my favorites. So if you want to check out Sakara, you can use code XOSADY at checkout for 20% off your first order. Again, that is code XOSADY at checkout for 20% off your first order on Sakara.com. The link will be in today's show notes. I would love to hear what a great response to a vulnerable post is and what a not so great response is. Like, <laughs> Some, I've seen a lot of those TikToks where it's like comments you can post that don't talk about someone's body, like being like, oh my gosh, I miss you so much, or that's my friend, like blah, 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 especially when people are struggling, like these really body-centered things. And I think that's true for vulnerability as mm-hmm. well. Sometimes you want people to like give their two cents and be like, oh my God, I resonate with this. And sometimes you're like, I don't necessarily want the feedback. Like it's just going out there for my own peace of mind. So what are some responses that that resonate well and somewhere you're like, why would that even be posted? I mean, I really enjoy when I share something, like say I was sharing about something that bad happened to me with my mental health. I was really high stress, really high anxiety that day. I love hearing other people's experiences. Like if they were also living in that space, what triggered them? I, it, I think things like that help someone feel less alone rather than just like, and there's nothing wrong with like the sending you love, sending you a hug. Cause that does like, that's still a great comment to leave. But I think if you have the space to share as well, I think that's really, really powerful. A comment that like I will get every now and then, and it's not like a bad comment. It's yeah. just, I think sometimes when people get vulnerable online, not everyone is realizing that how hard it is for them. And then they'll comment something maybe a little more superficial, like, oh my God, your shoes or just, and it's like, that's not what I need right now. Or just like, <laughs> you you look so hot. And it's like, I don't it's need like the fire emojis. The it's like, I just like, I just need to be seen. So I think I would really just like lead with intention. Like you don't have to comment on those posts. That's so okay. I think like, if you do want to, like even the little hug emoji, like I love that. That to me is better than the fire emoji. I think just, yeah, like read, read the room, read the post. Don't just, mm-hmm, com- mm-hmm. honestly, I think people need to read the post before they start commenting. Cause a lot of times, and I'm, I've done this before too. I've like on friends, I'll just want to leave something like to hype them up and then I'll start reading. I'm like, this is not the post to hype them up on. Like they're being <laughs> super vulnerable. They're talking about how they feel like shit. They don't need to hear me be like, oh my God, you look like a 10. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, I think just read the room. Yeah, no, I love that. I think that's so important. Obviously, you you are at a point now where you've done a lot of self-work and and the impression I get is that you're you're feeling good with your mental health and that there's a lot of things you found that that work for you. And I would love to hear what those like practices, people, products, all those kinds of things are that you implement in your life to improve your mental health or or maintain it. 
Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I feel like it's always kind of ebbed and flowed in what works in the moment. Like I used to be really big into a morning routine and then that just didn't serve me anymore. It felt like I got to the point where I was feeling guilty if I wasn't doing it. So I think the biggest, biggest thing for me has just been like taking time to ask myself questions. Like, what do you need today? Is it what you needed yesterday? Cause it probably isn't. Every day is going to be different. I do love the five minute journal that has been something that I've used pretty consistently. Yeah. I <laughs> love to see it. The best, <laughs> makes for the best gift. Like I've literally probably bought in like over a hundred of those in like terms so of myself good. and for others. I think having a slow morning for me is really important. I used to be before I like even focused on mental health, I would wake up and be like in work, just like in such a reactive state that it really just put me into such a quick to like be combative or irritated. And so now I just really like, I love to sit down have my coffee in the morning and like watch Bravo. Like that just sets me yeah. up in a good mood. Cause it's like my happy place. I'm just like slowly waking up and then I can really think like, okay, how is my time going to be best served today? What do I need? Like, again, it really just, I can't tell you how many times a day I ask myself, what do you need right now in this moment? Like what's going to serve you in terms of like products and stuff. I mean, for mental health, I'll honestly, I am on anti-anxiety meds change my life. Like, I don't think we talk yeah. about that enough. And I think that we can easily look at someone and think like, they're not anxious or they have it so easy they don't deal with anxiety like I do and so like I'm not afraid to say that I'm on that I've been on them on and off for a couple of years and I I took a break and that was what worked for me in the moment but then I had a big moment in my life that kind of spiked my anxiety again and I was like listen like I need them and I think there is a lot of shame around that because it feels like for me anyways when I was like kind of realizing that I might need them I felt shameful that like I wasn't strong enough or that I was going to become dependent on them or that there was something wrong with me. And it literally is beyond anyone's control. Like it is a chemical reaction in your brain. You have no control over whether you have that or not. Like you did not do anything wrong. You're not a less than person. So I think that that is something that has absolutely helped me. Yeah. No, it's so interesting to see especially around the topic of medication, I think everyone has a different experience with it. And for me, I really approached it from like, that was what, I don't want to say that like, that was what made things real, but it was the validation that like other people, like doctors or my parents, they told that something was wrong. Like it was okay. This, not like it was okay, but someone was being like, yeah, there's a legitimate issue here that needs to be treated. And like to this day, I'm still on the same medication that I was when I left treatment and it's like a safety blanket. I know my psychiatrist a couple of times have been like, you could probably go off of it. I'm like, why Why fix what's not broken? <laughs> like, we'll just keep it for now. Thank you very much. But it's definitely a, something that is present in a lot of people's journey. And when you hear stories of people that really feel great about their mental health, a lot of the time you see that it wasn't like the medication alone. Like you talked about how much self-work you had to do, how the, all these other practices mm -hmm. were a huge part. And the growth over time and it's those two things in conjunction that a lot of the times is is the game changer and what leads to those long lasting results which i think is important to remember because especially when you're navigating the medication experience a lot of the time it just feels like that's one of the first things that like a doctor will go to or a therapist will go yes. to and it feels like a quick fix and it's definitely not and i think the more you get involved in that world you realize that it's it's not but it can be such a, it's like i heard in a book one time it was talking about how it's like the water wings on your treatment journey like sometimes you can't get 
into the air and in flight on your journey because you're struggling with the biological component. You're struggling with the hormones and, and the neurotransmitters and how your brain is reacting. So to have that help to then be able to cope and to truly dive into the therapy and the work and the healing and the relationships can be be a game changer. Yeah, it's so, so important. It just... Mental health is such a journey. And I also think like, I don't want anyone to listen to this and like think that they need to do exactly what worked for me because the biggest, biggest thing is you have to find what works for you. Like I said, how the morning routine wasn't serving me anymore. You have to find the things that work because that is what's going to keep you consistent and allow you to keep showing up for yourself versus like trying to dig in this formula that you see like someone online doing and just like constantly feel like you're hitting a wall and then you're going to get defeated. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love that. And I think it's also interesting, the idea of of taking into account what other people are doing, I think is also really cool because I remember when I was struggling, when I was at like a rock bottom moment, I just had blinders on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, my experience is the only experience I'll have for the rest of my life. And there was no like, what do people do with their belief systems? What are their emotions like? How do they cope? There was no kind of like exploration of that. And so once I kind of got out of that, that headspace and was like, what could my life worth living look like? What could this feel like? What do I want it to be like? That was really empowering to like have a goal to work towards rather than just like stumbling blindly towards like getting better or being Mm -hmm. happy, which felt way too vague of of a goal to work towards. So I think it's definitely true to kind of take what works and leave what doesn't um, and know that it's different for every single person because we've all lived different lives and had different experiences. There's no one size fits all. Yes, exactly. So I would love to talk a little bit about social media more from like a business perspective and kind of talk about that experience a little bit about the hustle. Um, If you had to give like one piece of advice to someone that wanted to either work I guess it might be twofold because you have the part of doing social media with with you and your personality and your account versus kind of managing for other people so the advice might be the same it might be different but one piece of advice for someone that wants to pursue social media as a career yeah I mean this answer is like always changed for me because I feel like I'm still really learning and developing that skill set like there's just always something moving and you know it's such a it's such a big world but yeah I think the biggest biggest thing like just do what is organically you there's so many times that I've seen brands do this and there's so many times that I have struggled with this myself as like my own personal brand trying to do what I see someone else having success with and it doesn't matter if it's reels it doesn't matter if it's styling it doesn't matter if it's product reviews if it's like posting quote tiles like doing 10 stories a week like or a day or whatever if you hate it and this goes I think like literally what we were just talking about yeah you're gonna drop off and you're not gonna enjoy it you're gonna get frustrated with why it's not working with you because people are gonna see that it's not like your organic personality and there really is only one thing that makes you unique and that is exactly who you are like there is no other person that is you so showing up and figuring out and you're gonna ebb and flow with that you're gonna try you're gonna not have things that you enjoy doing that's a part of the exploration and the discovery but just be self-aware of like why you're trying something if it is something that you think you're gonna like or if it's something you saw somebody else do and I think Mm -hmm. that that is a really 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 important and overlooked part of social media 
Yeah, I, I think that's really true. And you see it all the time. Like the accounts that blow up are constantly different. It's it's totally true. There are accounts that only post quotes that have millions of followers. There's accounts that are only on TikTok, millions of followers, and they're completely different well, content. And a perfect example is Tanks. Like she came off, did yeah. this whole thing on her own with her mini mic. How many people after that got mini mics and tried to like so do their own little thing? But it doesn't take off the same way because they're trying to yeah. replicate what she's doing and you can put your own spin on it like if you wanted to review like if you love reality tv and you start reviewing with a mini mic it's not the mini mic that's making it it's but people try to just take her formula and then have the Mm -hmm. same success where she is just being herself so that's why it worked Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no it's it's so true and it's really like that's what differentiates you and that's what would make people want to follow you instead of some random other person that they they see on their recommended. This week's episode is brought to you by Nut Pods. Nut Pods offers vegan gluten-free non-GMO kosher and Whole30 creamers in the most delicious flavors. We are in peak midterm season right now. I am exhausted. I'm excited for spring break. What is keeping me together and awake in the morning is my iced coffee. I have it down to a science and I have to have a system that is not super complicated because I'm obviously in a dorm room. I don't have a kitchen. So I have my ice water. I My favorite ice trays are linked on my Amazon storefront. I add my Starbucks cold brew concentrates, which look like a K-cup, but it's just a little cold brew. You add it to ice water and turns into a glass of cold brew. Those are also linked to my Amazon storefront. And then I add my Nut Pods creamer. My two favorite flavors are the sweetened vanilla and sweet cream. I love a sweet and creamy coffee. And the amazing thing about the Nut Pods creamers is that they are sugar-free. So it tastes exactly like any generic vanilla creamer, but it doesn't have all the additives, sugars, chemicals, you name it. And because they are vegan, they don't have dairy in them, it means that I can stock up and not worry about having to put 37 creamers in my fridge and of the mini fridge and run out of space immediately. So if you want to try Nut Pods creamers, you can use code SHEPERSISTEDPODCAST at checkout for 20% off your order. The link will be in today's show notes. So again, Nut Pods creamers, SHEPERSISTEDPODCAST at checkout out for 15% off your order. What is the the best piece of advice that that you've received or kind of taken in during your time working in social media? Oh, that's tough. I think I've gotten like a lot of advice. One was like stay consistent and that really did serve me at some point, but now I'm just like sometimes that doesn't serve me because sometimes I'm stressed out and the last thing I want to do is like post a photo. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or like stress over yeah. content. And So I don't think that there's honestly like a piece of advice that I still carry with me to this day. Yeah, I just, I, I think we've lost the fun in social media and it has become such a business, which is incredible. Like it is such a tool. And like, I don't think any brand out there should try and launch without using social media, but TikTok really in a way taught me to like have fun with it again, because that was a platform when I just jumped on it. I was like, I was missing this. Like I was looking at my Instagram feeds stressed about like what to put in my next photo on my grid and TikTok you just get there you create content it, like it's fun it's light you can do anything you just post it and I'm like this needs to come back so yeah I just I want to see people lean more into that because I think we're going to see this shift especially in Instagram of like people showing up more in the moment than like banking all this content and that being what performs, like, I think it's going to actually kind of go back a little bit more to like in the moment, how it originated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shifting gears a little bit back to to mental health, I would love to hear if there's anything you wish you would have done differently in your journey. If you, you looked back and you're like, I wish I would have implemented this sooner. I wish I would have like 
asked for advice sooner, that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, I definitely wish I'd probably learned what like I needed sooner. There, I, I was such a robot for so long and like so not in tune with my emotions. And I'm still working through this in therapy because like going back and like going to memories in my life, I feel very disassociated to like how I felt in that moment because I literally turned off like my emotions and like didn't prioritize my mental health. I was just like very tunnel vision, black or white, you do this or you do that. And never asked myself what I wanted or what I needed. It was kind of more or less like what was gonna make me like valued in people's eyes or what was like the, the societal norm or just things like that. So I think that was one of the most powerful things I've ever done and something that I definitely wish and hope that everybody can like do as early as they can in their life. Yeah. What would have been helpful in, or what was even helpful in supporting you in your journey when you were at your lowest, when you were str- really struggling with with your relationship with yourself, and you you weren't at that point where you felt you taken like ownership, and you were like, I have not control because we never have like control over our mental health, but you felt good about things. Like before you were there, what was helpful, or what would have been helpful? I don't have like specific moments where I remember this happening, but I'm sure that it did, and. I know on the flip side, some people definitely did this where it didn't help, but I think having someone share their experiences where they're able to open up to you too and like make you feel seen and make you feel heard versus being like, everything's going to be okay. Or I like those kind of common responses you hear, not that they're bad. It's just sometimes it doesn't feel genuine because you just have heard it so much and it doesn't feel helpful. Like you feel like that's what someone's supposed to say. So that's why they're saying it. And I think that anytime someone can kind of come from a more personalized response or just like sharing something, if you share something with someone, having someone reciprocate that vulnerability is huge, especially to me. Like I just end up feeling so much more bonded with the person and like remembering that that made me feel so safe to open up and share because it is so scary to do that for the first time with someone. And yeah, I mean, that is definitely something that I would encourage people to do or just asking someone what they need versus that it's going to be okay response because quite frankly, no one fucking knows if it's going to be okay. So yeah. 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 Do you have any mental health goals that you are currently working towards or shifts that you want to see in your life? I really like the journey never ends. Like if we're not progressing, we're digressing. It's a, it's a lifelong thing. It gets easier. It gets so much Mm -hmm. easier, but it never ends. Are there any goals that you're currently working towards? Yeah. I mean, I am still like going to therapy. I love therapy. It's the best thing ever. Amazing. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm trying to like really work through some more childhood stuff and like reconnect with that part of myself because I think that is rooted in a lot of what I do still carry around. And so I think healing that part of myself is going to be a longer journey because I didn't have any tools at that point in my life. So it really is something that, like I said, I've dissociated from, but I am committed to like figuring that out because I do think that makes such, I think we have to fully understand like all layers and levels of ourselves. So I'm really, really committed to unpacking that. It's not fun always, but it will be worth (laughs) it. it, And I know that. Yeah, I love that so much. Well, thank you for sharing so much of your journey, so much vulnerability and coming on She Persistent. Thank you for having me. You had such great questions. Thank you. Where can listeners find you if they want to continue to consume your content and connect with you? Yeah, I mean, there's a few. My personal on all social platforms is Bailey JST. 
And then I'm a co-host in a podcast. We talk mental health, reality TV, like a good mixture of like the deep and the light. So that's what days at podcast. And then I don't really do anything on play digital anymore, but that still lives there. We're just busy helping other people build their brands. So we don't build ours. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. It's, it's, it's enough to deal with other people (laughs) in addition to managing it for yourself. So I totally get it. Well, thank you. Thank you. I know people are going to love this episode and I'm so glad we got to do this. Me too. Thank you so much.